welcome to the Media Navigators podcast brought to you by the World Media Group. My name's Belinda Barker and I'm the Chief Executive and your co-host today. Um, I'll also be joined by Jemima Villanueva, who's the Executive Director for EMEA for the Atlantic and one of the Board Directors of the World Media Group. This podcast series features conversations with a series of media innovators from around the world, covering all aspects of the media industry. Today, we'll be talking to Pitt Landers, who is the head of advertising for Mandarin Oriental Group. Previous to that, she uh, worked as an account director at um, Lowe and MNC Sarches, both here in Hong Kong and in the UK. So... Mandarin Oriental is an amazing global brand. I think most marketeers would be incredibly envious of your job pit. But we also know that the travel industry has been hit as hard as pretty much any other during the COVID crisis. So today we're going to be talking about sustaining an amazing brand and how to keep your loyal customers with you in a crisis. So first of all, I'd like to welcome both Pitt and Jemima. Hi, thank you. It's great. It's great to be here. Thanks. Hi, Pitt. Hi, Belinda. Nice to see you both. And now, now I'd like to hand over to Jemima, who's going to uh, kick off this conversation. Thank you very much, Belinda. Um, Pip, you and I had a had a, a chat about two or three weeks ago, and some of the the subjects that came up were just so fascinating uh, that I pretty much immediately asked you if you would join us on this podcast. So thank you very much for giving us um, your time this morning. Um, I, I what I found the most fascinating was, um, ta- as Melinda said, uh, Mandarin Oriental Hotel Group is an amazing. A brand it has so much brand equity and you spent so many years building up that that brand how do you sustain your brand when travel is currently so limited and and have you called upon your network of of fans and for anyone who doesn't know mandarin oriental have a network of, of, of well-known uh celebrity guests who they call on for their um advertising campaigns have have your fans contributed to this effort at all yeah, thank you. I mean, you know, this campaign has been running for 22 years now. Um, and aside from the media channels in which we advertise, the campaign is very much um, the same as the day it was launched, um, which has been a great asset for us. Um, but obviously this year we have no advertising spend. Um, the advertising budget is directly related to the hotel revenues. And whilst there's not much revenue coming in from the hotels, it means that the advertising budget is also um, on hold. So, uh, you know, we, we know the importance of keeping our brand timed. Um, we know that a lot of people talk to ultra high net worth individuals. And so it's important that we keep communicating to those guests and potential guests. So we've had to rethink things um, and um, we feel that the, 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 the thought behind the campaign is still relevant. However, the channels in which we communicate will, will have to change and have changed. So, um, you know, we have got a huge, a huge asset with the fan campaign um, and uh, we really feel it's time to exploit that um, to make sure that we find. So in that frame of mind, um, we've looked at the customers and how they're feeling um, and we have segmented the campaign really, or the the overall marketing communications, I should say, into three different time phases. 
The first is the start of lockdown um, isolation, and that is very much about reassurance and entertainment. And we um, approached our fans and asked them what they were up to in lockdown. And we had some brilliant answers. And, um, you know, some of them are recommending books that they've been doing, poetry, mm-hmm. uh, what they're doing with themselves and their families. Um, and different fans offered different insights um, and also content. So, for example, Darcy Bustle uh, recorded a dance class for us, um, which we put out on social media. Um, not so much directly related with the campaign, our chefs who are all on furlough around the world um, all created uh, videos, recipe videos, how to make this uh, at home with at home ingredients, not chefy stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And we put that out on social media. Um, and we also not only put it on our own social media channels, but we ask our fans to repost not only their own content, but content from other fans. And they do see themselves a bit as a fan club and, you know, they do know each other in this context. So, for example, if we get Karen Mock, um, who has 50 million plus uh, social media followers, if she can repost something that we're posting, that's a huge external audience for us to tap into. Mm-hmm. Um, we have three types of fans. I'm sure most people will be very familiar with the celebrities. So Rami Malek, Helen Mirren, Dev Patel, Liam Neeson, etc. Um, they're the ones that we generally use in the main campaign. Mm-hmm. But in order to expand the appeal of the campaign, we've introduced two other strands. One is social media strands, social fans. Those tend to be younger, certainly from a more diverse professional background, and also from different geographies to sort of expand the appeal of the campaign. Um, And um, they are mainly selected for their huge social media followings. And then thirdly, hotel fans who are really ambassadors of a local property. They get invited in for chef's evenings, for refurbishments, for new spa products, etc. And they will post and blog on behalf of an individual hotel. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we are using the fans as far as we possibly can in, in all phases of the campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, but the first phase, as I said, was very much about um, isolation, reassurance, and entertainment. The second phase has been about staycation. Um, you know, as domestic travel begins to um, emerge, um, we have a very clear staycation packaging, uh, packages message, but underlined very, very clearly with we care. Um, and that's really key. We are known for our service. We're known for our attention to detail. Um, and so it's very, very important that, that people are reassured that if they're going to come into a hotel, that their needs are going to be met. So okay. on that basis, every single guest is sent a questionnaire of how they would like to be treated when they arrive at a hotel. Um, and the second uh, area is a very flexible cancellation policy. There's a lot of nervousness about people booking a holiday or a business trip or even a short, week, you know, long weekend. Um, and you don't want to be committed to something if the travel corridors are going to shut down. So that we have a very, very flexible cancellation policy, which takes away one of the negatives to booking um, something. Mm. So, uh, you know, the fans play a role. We have been inviting them in for staycation and, in fact, daycation and asking them to post. So if it's safe for them to be there and they can demonstrate the the we care aspects of our policy, um, then they can send that out to their fans, uh, their their followers, and uh, hopefully encourage others to do the same. 
Wow. So it sounds like you've been extremely busy. Yeah, it's, it's been, it's been, it's been, for me, when, you know, running a traditional brand campaign and then moving over to this level of detail, you know, it's, it's required quite a lot of thought. And there's me naively thinking that if you didn't have advertising budgets, it might have been a, a quieter period, but clearly not. Absolutely not. I think I've been busier, certainly in the first few months um, than I've ever been, because rethinking and getting the agencies to rethink and, you know, take on the challenges, not just, right, who sh- which fans shall we have next, but what can these fans really do? What do our customers mm. need? How are we going to address our customers' nervousness? How are we going to create the, the third stage? How are we going to entice people to start dreaming of traveling again? You know, everything's been about don't do this and don't do that. It's very negative. But in the overall scheme of things, we really want people to be thinking about the future of, of, of arriving at one of our wonderful destinations again and really enjoying themselves, um, mm. you know, without the nervousness of will it be okay, will it be okay, what if I can't travel, what if I'm, you know, what if the hotel's not up to scratch, etc. So the third phase is very much about dreaming and inspiration. Um, mm-hmm. And again, we've engaged with our wonderful fans to um, ask them to travel to some of our destinations. And we have about eight fans lined up to go into our hotels um, and experience a wonderful uh, time. Um, we're working with tourism authorities directly. That's not something we've done from the advertising perspective before. And with airlines to help fund, you know, flights and the itinerary because, you know, no ad spend also means no ad budget for, for other things. It's not just mm. related to lack of media spend. It's related to a lack of anything spend. By and large, have you found the fans, because this is probably outside the, the, the normal sort of scope of, of, of relationship that you've had with them before or things that you've asked of them before, have they been um, uh, sort of willing uh, to, to produce this kind of work with you and to cooperate in this way? Yeah, I mean, we do have a good relationship. I, I don't know if you know, but we, we don't pay any of our fans to be in the game. Um, okay. They do it because they are genuine fans of the brand. We do give them sweet nights um, in our hotels and we do give a charity donation on their behalf, but we don't pay them, which means it's a very different relationship. Um, and, you know, they do, you know, that if you if you want them to come for a holiday at one of our destinations, they if they can, they're happy to do it and they're happy to bring their, their families. Um, so that's what we sort of sort of started to focus on, getting some fans into into our properties and get them to post about enjoying traveling again which is going to be key for the future I think for all uh, tourism brands be it airlines or hotels or the other the other uh, areas within the hospitality industry but we do need people to start thinking oh yeah travel I remember mm. that that was really great yeah. <laughs> and we need them to start doing it again. <laughs> Will you retain elements of this um, where you know when when the budgets come back, and hopefully at some point they will, are there elements of, of how you've changed the way you've been working with fans that, that you will you plan to, to retain and, and to keep going with? Yeah, I think I think a lot actually. Um, you know, each year in the um, in the overall planning for our campaign for each year, we have relied less on traditional media and more on digital platforms. And those change uh, very regularly. It's not just, a, you know, print 
media versus digital media. It's print versus digital media versus the other things that we do within digital media. So social media, um, etc. And I think um, we learned so much. We have learned so much so far from how we've been engaging with our customers and what works and what doesn't and what people really want to see and what they're not interested in. I think that will always be a bigger part of the campaign from here on in, particularly social media and particularly in China, which is a huge social media market. Um, you know, they rely on that far more than we do in the Western world. Um, and so, yeah, I think there are a lot of elements that will continue into our future planning. Uh, Pip, you were talking about um, moving more to digital and uh, and social, but um, in terms of of, of digital, uh, will you still be focusing on the trusted journalism brands? Obviously, with being the World Media Group, that is is something that is at the heart of, of what we do. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, you know, we need to be, our media selection is very much based on the media selections and the readership of our ultra high net worth individuals. And we will be advertising where they are reading. And particularly whenever there's a global crisis, uh, people rely on trusted sources of journalism. uh, And I think those publications fare better than the, the, the newer um, less trusted, uh, with you know, with less of a history. So we will be advertising where people are reading. So definitely, the big global titles are very much uh, front of mind. Um, albeit maybe their digital editions rather than their print editions, more so. I hope that print will always be part of our campaign. There is nothing like seeing uh, one of our ads on a big glossy page with beautiful editorial on the facing page. Um, but if our customers are not reading print any longer, then, uh, you know, we won't be advertising there. But we will very much rely on trusted titles um, to deliver, you know, the good editorial content that our customers want to read. And therefore, that's where our ads will be, where they can see them. That's interesting. Um, and Pip, sort of moving away slightly from the sort of um, communications side of the business, um, I'd love to sort of take a peek behind, sort of on on property, uh, and understand um, some of the logistical challenges that you've faced uh, in in your properties. That are there things that you reckon that somebody who doesn't work in the hospitality industry would would have no idea about? And I ask that question because you know, with things like sort of restaurants, you know, we can. Just just about imagine it's you know perspex screens visors hygiene and all that but but actually residing on property must be a whole different level of, of considerations um what, yeah. what can you tell us about what, what's going on behind the scenes yeah. i mean in, in any hotel there is a set of standards for every department um by which all the staff uh, run run the place and give everybody a, a great customer experience and without question every single one of those standards has been looked at and most of them revised to deal with the situation as it currently is. So, for example, um, we, uh, and I mentioned before, we, we send out a guest questionnaire uh, which deals with how the customer wants us to deal with them. So we put the control really into the hands of the guest. But, for example, um, if you arrive in a limo, which a lot of our guests do, if it's one of our limos or even their own car, do would you like us to open the door 
would you like us to open the trunk, the boot, and pick out your luggage and carry it into the hotel for you? Would you like us to open the door for you to the hotel? This is even before they've got through the doors of our hotel. Um, you know, it, would you like anyone to be in your room or would you like to check in online from an iPad in the car? Um, uh, you know, the, every single aspect. Um, if you order room service, would you like the cart left outside or would you like someone to come into your room? How often would you like your sheets uh, and your linens changed? Um, even, you know, even outside of the traditional experience, we don't, we can't run buffets anymore. Um, that's not acceptable. And we have a large meeting room business that's had to be completely reconfigured, smaller rooms, more isolation, uh, you know, the water bottles, normally we'd be in servicing that room every half an hour to make sure mm -hmm. that uh, the water bottles are full, etc. But none of that can happen anymore. So and that must imply a cost, I, I guess. Yeah, yeah, that's a huge cost. But it's one that's a good investment. Um, if our customers don't feel comfortable, they won't come back. So it's really, really key to make that investment um, and make sure that guests feel comfortable, safe, and ultimately, really, and therefore, enjoy themselves. You know, we want them to come back and enjoy themselves. We want them to feel that they're still in a Mandarin or Oriental hotel, not a institution where everything is overly, uh, you know, overly clean, overly sanitized. We want yeah. them to feel like they're in a great hotel, and therefore, they just must have to trust us. So all these things are in place to ensure that, you know, trust is front and center. And one of the challenges at the moment is that there are, there's such a breadth of interpretation of what's safe, what's not, what's an appropriate risk to take, what isn't. So I guess the only way you can cover off on all of that is by sending out these, these detailed questionnaires. I mean, all of us know from yeah. questions with friends and family, there are things that I do that somebody next to me would judge as, as perhaps reckless or vice versa. Yeah, yeah. And it varies region by region as well. Um, obviously, you know, Asia's mm. starting to come out of this uh, I mean, I know that they have had to go back into lockdown a couple of times, but yeah. Asia are further ahead, um, moving more towards normality. EMEA, we're, all our hotels are open in Asia now. In EMEA, we're getting open. They'll mostly be open in the next month. Um, but North America, it's a very, very different situation. You know, they are still dealing with uh, what we were dealing with in, in what we in the in the EMEA region were dealing with a couple of months ago, they're still very much dealing with now. So again, you know, not only individual guests, but region by region, uh, we see, you know, different trends emerging. And uh, the Oriental has been, has done a lot in terms of uh, becoming more sustainable as a hotel group. Obviously, um, COVID ha has made that in incredibly difficult with so many things needing to be kind of one shot no one's ever touched it before um how are you or can you address this how are you dealing with that yeah that's that's a big issue you know sustainability has been very much on our agenda for you know a number of years now um the hotel industry has to do better um, with, you know, the carbon footprint. And we've been working towards um, new standards on this for, for some time. And the, I mean, one of the biggest ones will be single shot plastic. Um, that would be water bottles in the room and toiletries in the room, primarily, although a number of other things. 
And we were just at the place where we had announced that we would remove all single-shot packaging within the next year. Um, and so each hotel has a water filtration system, reusable bottles. Still, people need to be reassured that it's not a, 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 a bottle that's been used many times by other people without the proper cleanliness in place. But uh, certainly in this period of time, um, whilst we're under this COVID uh, threat, um, then a lot of our sustainability initiatives are sort of on hold. So, um, you know, for example, some people want their salt and pepper in little sachets still. Um, and some people want their toiletries still in single shot plastic. But one thing that, that has been a benefit of some of this downtime is without any guests in the hotel, you know, we have the staff and we have had more opportunity to think about some of the longer term issues and get on with projects on sustainability or, or any other aspect of hotel, running a hotel and be able to devote some time to those long-term projects which seem to just keep getting pushed back because you're always dealing with the day-to-day, -day, you know, needs of the business. So, you know, pluses and minuses as always. Speaking of pluses and minuses, and to, to kind of round, round off this conversation, I wondered if we could ask you um, on a more personal note, have there been any particular challenges that you've faced during lockdown? I mean, I know you're a mum, so juggling childcare and work. And then on the, on the other side of that, have there been any things that you've really enjoyed or, or ways of working and living during lockdown that you really hope to retain as we come out of this? Mm, yeah. Um, I think uh, I think I've had it pretty easy, to be honest. In lockdown, um, my son's schooling being a primary fact factor, his I did not have to get involved with that. His school did manage his schooling, um, so that was a huge, huge relief to me. Because, as you say, working mums haven't not all working mums have had it so easy. Um, boredom management, not so much. Um, I've had you know had to had to deal with that a little bit, but. Um, aside from that, we have massive Wi-Fi issues in the house. You're not used to that when you're used to being in a big office with, you know, unlimited broadband. Um, but aside from that, I think um, I think it's been it's been manageable, very manageable. I think I found new ways of working. I've, you know, found that it's uh, very easy to work from home uh, with everybody else on Zoom calls and conference calls. Um, I think that will endure. Um, I no longer will feel the need to struggle in for three-hour commutes when we have a rail strike or a tube strike for certain. Um, but um, I think the one thing I do miss is the office interaction. Um, we have an open plan office. We're very social as a group. And I don't think uh, lunchtime has gone by when I haven't learned something from another department, which, which is useful and pertinent to the role I do. And that's the thing I feel we're missing, uh, the general uh, swapping of information and sharing of views and ideas that we would get in the office that we're not necessarily getting from home. So I think um, it's been a useful experience for certain. I think we'll retain the best bits. Um, but, uh, you know, when we get back into the office, I think, um, and I don't know when that will be, um, I, would, I will look forward to the interaction with my colleagues, from, from, certainly from other departments. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. I agree that um, not only the, the camaraderie, but the, the knowledge sharing is, yeah. is probably yeah. what, I, what I miss most. I miss the stimulation as well of, of, of going into the centre of London and being in a busy, buzzy sort of atmosphere. But yeah. Um, yeah. Thank you so much, Pip. That was super interesting. Really appreciate you um, taking the time to, to answer all our questions. Thank you.
that's been a pleasure it's been lovely talking to you